podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello everybody, welcome along to your Monday night Rangers Rabble podcast. I literally just finished eating my dinner there, which is um, just quite handy. Yeah, hello, welcome, hope you're all well. Plenty to talk about um, on your Monday night, it's so unprofessional, isn't it? Just getting that last bit of chicken pakora down there. Um, I am joined tonight by Wilf. Wilf, how are you? I'm very well, Martin, thank you. I was kind of hoping you would string that. <clears throat> I'll sling it out if you want, no problem. Yeah, I'm uh, yeah, <clears throat> fine. Not, not long home from a, a cracking weekend. Um couple of couple of nights in the in the fatherland. That'll make you choke choke on your coke there. I'm calling it that. <sighs> uh, over in over in Germany, um, obviously for the Hoffenheim game, um, which was well, well we'll get onto the game, I'm sure. And then I stayed with my mates in Glasgow last night and had the pleasure of visiting the new Rangers Club Museum this morning. And again, we'll go on that as well, I'd imagine. Yes, we shall. Absolutely, 100%. Um, I'm also joined by Ian. How are you? Yeah, I was waiting for that bit. I was just waiting for the, how are you? I didn't know if you were going to add that bit in. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you, right? I've got bits of chicken stuck in my teeth <laughs> and it's really putting me off. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am all good, mate. Uh had my dinner ages ago, so I'm, I'm food clear. Um, Yeah, all good. All good and looking forward to this. And Alan, how are you? I'm very good, mate. Thanks for asking. I just threw my dinner done as well, but got there. Just in time. Well, I see, well, listen, I say I've just finished my dinner, right? That's that's just a total lie. But I've not just arrived, and I just grabbed two bits of chicken pakora and rammed them down my throat. So there's a joke in there somewhere, probably. Um, so I plenty to talk about, loads to talk about. No doubt we'll go back over, not back over, but we'll, we'll take little little incidents um, from the Hoffenheim game. Um, obviously, we've got a wee bit of a conversation that we had around the women's team uh, around winning the Glasgow Cup final. Of course, the museum as well. And um, the Sefuentes deal is finally almost just about done. So I'm sure we'll come on and discuss that as well. But well, if you were at the museum today, for people who haven't been yet, um, all the stories around it being too small, the, there was a bit of negativity, seemed to have been quashed. Everybody that I've seen online who have, who have been there seemed extremely, extremely happy. Um, what was your thoughts on it? It's something I've waited probably as long as I can I can remember. I've waited for Rangers to have a museum, as long as I've known what a museum is and that football clubs had them. And they certainly haven't let me down. They haven't disappointed. It's... I was worried the space was too small. I had been told, as you had, by staff in the club, look, this space is probably going to be too small. And they've laid it out absolutely magnificent. You wouldn't know it was just it was a compact space, if you want to put it that way. Um, it's very, very well laid out. It's it's um, it's, it's it's fantastic. When I mean, you walk you walk in, there's, there's almost every bit of space is used up. There's even um, obviously there's a few photos kicking about today online and I noticed one somebody put a photo of there's as you walk in you see a a model of the main stand. I, I believe it was the it was the actual architect's model. But he went to range and said, look, this is what this is what I've designed. This is what I'm going to this is how the main stand's going to look. It's the actual original one from the mid the mid 1920s because I knew they'd found it and they were getting it refurbished because they found it in a in a cupboard somewhere. And under and it's obviously it's in a case. And underneath the case there's two two or three drawers. Somebody took a photo with one of the drawers slightly open, and I saw a comment on a, I think it was on a Twitter post saying, uh, oh, sorry, an X post, as Twitter's not a thing anymore, um, that I'm a bit concerned that one of those drawers is open. The reason the drawer was open, there's actually old minute books in those drawers, so that's part of the ex- ex- exhibition as well. So they've utilised every bit of space they've got. It's really, really well put together. It's It takes you through in chronological order. The club, it's got a manager's wall, it's got it's got it's got players. It's got it's got it's just. I mean, there's even a little, there's even a little drib, a little dribbling thing that you can do for the for the kids, which we had a shot of. And even after thirty seconds, of it, I was knackered. It's it's really it's really well put together. It's worth a tenner of anybody's money. 
But I would recommend if you're in if you're in or around the Glasgow area, try and avoid it on a match day because it's going to be really busy and you won't get the full experience. You know, try and try and go in there when it's going to be a bit quieter because you do need time to take it all in. The the stuff that's in there, it's I mean it, it range it ranges from scarfs, which were donated by supporters, the medals which donated by players and players' families, there's trophies, there's all sorts of stuff. It's I can't speak highly enough of it. It's well worth any a tenner of anybody's money. Professional as ever, Martin. You might want to come off mute. I mean, that is shocking, mate. See, that's the food. The food's got to me. I'm gone. Um, well, just take over, mate. I'm going to go and have my dinner. Um, but CGM, it might come as a shock to you all that I like a moan. Never. Um, I thought the prices for the museum and tours were a bit on the steep side. Alan, £11 um, to get into the, the museum for me, that, I think that's really, really good value. I think it's great value. Um, <clears throat> considering this could have been an, an opportunity or another opportunity for um, you know Rangers to make a pretty penny because they knew they, they know that they, you know people have been waiting for this as, as long as Wilf has and I don't think anybody's waiting, been waiting on it any longer than Wilf but um, you know we, as, as long as we've, we've spoke about Rangers, we've spoke about wanting a museum, needing a museum for everything that we've got um, and for the story of the club so um they knew the fans were interested in this. They knew that you know this could have been a great opportunity to make money. I was just looking at some of the merchandise there as well. Quite rightly so, you know, people are going to want to, people might want a momentum of it, particularly tourists, because it will attract tourists as well. Wolves probably went home with a carload of stuff, um, so and I, I probably will as well when I go. Um, so yeah, it's, I think it's it's been really reasonable with the club. It's you know they've, they've kept the sensible head on. Um, they're aware that this is this is something that I, I think it indicates the fact that the, the club belongs to us. The club belong the, the club would be nothing without supporters, um, and the club have decided not to take the opportunity to rinse the fans of twenty five thirty pound admissions as it could quite easily have done, um, and as as for other clubs that have got museums as well across the continent, um, and they've not they've they've taken take the opportunity to keep the ticket prices low. And let us go in and see what belongs to us, the, the heritage of the club, the history of the club, because without people like us and the people in the comments and the hundreds of thousands of Rangers supporters all over the world, Glasgow Rangers Football Club would be, it wouldn't be where it is today, it wouldn't be what it is today, we make it, um, and I think the club have recognised that, keeping the prices so low. Yeah, I agree, I agree, and, and Ian, you know, Alan touches on it there, It's it kind of brings us up to date with the rest of the football world. It's something that we've been screaming for for years. Um, obviously, you know, events in the not-so-distant past um, have meant that, you know, uh, probably this was the, the the earliest opportunity we could have to get it. But um, uh, along with the new Edmiston House, um, we seem to be moving in the right direction. And I think the board specifically deserve a pat on the back for it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've been hearing about museums and whatnot since I was going to the games when I was a teenager with my dad. So to finally have it is amazing. And for people like me, I mean, it's helpful for everybody, but for people like, oh, my Lord, who wants to see that? Um, for people like me who have got to travel, um, and it's like Stu and, and, and Craig as well, who come down from the, the southern end of of England, it's it's something massive to, to be able to have something to do before a game, or while we're up there, obviously, as Will says, probably not go on match day because it'll be it'll be stowed. So um, the price is wise, eleven quid, I think. But if you combine it with the stadium tours, it's like seventeen pound or something like that. Um, that's not bad. Um, so, and as I care said it in the um, in the daily rabble, my jazz members get a fifteen percent discount as well. So there's money off. So it's not eleven pound, but a lot of people are getting rid of my jazz, so you might have lost that. Wilf looks like he wants to jump in. I don't. I don't think. I don't think you get discount. You get discount as a major member in the cafe. That was Kerr's point in New Hampshire. House. I uh-huh. don't think you get off the 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 tours. I mean, it's not eleven. It's eleven. It's eleven fifty if you're booking it online because you've got the obligatory one fifty booking fee. I've got an issue with the booking fee, but every 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 ticket every ticket and thing you buy, you've got a booking fee on it these days. So there's nothing you can do about that, right? The, the bulk standard admission price is ten pounds for the museum, right? I'm pretty sure you can just walk up and pay, pay your £10 and go in, but you're taking the chance that there's no spaces available. 
because obviously they can't just fill it with bodies because you need to be able to walk about in it. Otherwise, it's pointless. You'll not see anything. You know, and I mean, people are saying that it's a bit expensive. It's how you perceive it. I don't think it is. I mean, I'm looking at the prices here. Stadium tour is seventeen pound. The museums are tenner, and the combined the combined museum and stadium tour, which is what most people visiting the city would do, is twenty three fifty. I mean, that's that's, that's, I think that's tremendous, yeah. absolutely tremendous. I mean, your family, your fa your family tour of the stadium, and the museum, which is two adults and two kids, is sixty quid. You know what I mean, that's fifteen pound each for for each of four people. Guarantee two of them are under sixteen to visit our magnificent stadium and the new museum. And I mean, bear in mind the museums all interactive. I mean, I know there is other museums in Scottish football that are free to enter, as my missus was very quick quick to tell me when I got home. But it's a room you walk around and there's there's stuff there's stuff in there's stuff in cabinets with wee stories attached to them. You know, we've got we've, the, the Rangers Museum's got TVs all over the place. It's got this running videos. You can hear stories, and it's 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 very very modern. I think it's I think it's an absolute steal at a tenner to visit. To be perfectly honest, but if people think that's too much, then fair enough. People think that's too much. But they can rotate the stuff as well. That don't worry that not everything that's in that museum is everything that we've got. We can rotate stuff in and out all the time. That that, that museum will change constantly throughout a season, let alone over the time it's going to be there. So, well, yeah, yeah, that's the, that's sorry, <coughs> cut across you. That's that's the whole point of it. I mean, they've got, they've always said that in what I always considered the jewel in our crown, which is a trophy room in the main stand, they had something like ten percent of the of the trophies and artifacts that we've got. Um, they've now added some of that stuff into the museum. That's less than twenty percent of the of the the trophies and gifts that Rangers have as a club on display that people can see either doing the tour or going to the museum. So there's so much, as you see, there's so much stuff. I mean, I've spoke to the curator uh, on a number of occasions just when I've been kicking about the shop or whatever, and he's been there. And they just keep constantly finding stuff. I mean, it's taken him five years to catalogue everything that we've got because it was never done before. They just keep finding stuff in cupboards and in drawers. You know what I mean? I mean, they found... I mean, I was personally sure I was, I was at Ibrox for something and I was talking to the, the, the Joe, the curator, and he says, come here, I want to show you this. And he actually found Tory Gillick's passport from when he was playing with Rangers and travelling travelling into Europe back in Tory Gillick's day. Stuff like that. Stuff like that's absolutely priceless. And the, the world will take stuff like that in and out. The, the history of our club is it's well told by the Founders Trail. Right? It's very well told by them. Right? But then this museum's just going to add to it. And I would imagine mm -hmm. that this the museum tour will probably become an add-on to the Founders Tour. Because you obviously do the Founders Trail, you do the museum, you do the stadium tour. I would imagine that's now going to finish with the museum tour. And it, it is. It's, if you're interested at all in the history of other club or the history of football, it's an absolute no-brainer. And I'm sorry, it might upset a few people in here. I think a tenor is an absolute steal. It is. It is an absolute steal. It is. Um, moving on, um, just quickly, Caroline, listen to Clyde SSB for 10 minutes. That was more than enough for me. You don't need Clyde SSB anymore. Um, it was supposed to be returning on Friday, but it won't be Friday. It'll be Monday. Uh, a week today, the Rangers Rabble phone-in will be back um, every Monday and Friday from next week until the end of, I was going to say time, but that's just not true, until um, the end of the season. Half past seven Monday, half past seven Friday, um, the phone-in will be back where you can get your calls in and uh, we can talk about all things um, Rangers. Sorry, Sorry, Mark. Bro. Before you before we go off the museum, I've noticed um, a few a few comments about the t about the time it takes to do the tour and stuff like that. And Brian's desperate to find out because he's just messaged me and said, "How long does it take?" It takes as long as you want it to. Mm. I mean, if you just want a quick look around and walk through, you're doing fifteen minutes. But if you want to take it all in, you could be there all day. So, um, Caroline's asking, "Is there a time limit?" Not that I'm aware of because nobody nobody rushed us through it, and we were the first we were in the first group of people in this morning because they sold the tickets in. Hourly and hourly slots, but we stayed just under an hour, just because I didn't want to. I didn't want to get in people's way. I'm quite conscious of doing things like that. But as far as I know, there is no time limit. If you've only got twenty minutes, you'll see you'll see stuff. If you've got two hours, you'll see more. Simple as that. Good, good, and no doubt as we find out more when we're on the, these pods, then we'll we'll let everybody know. Um, Alan, um, you've been sitting there awfully quiet. 
So I thought I'll, I'll bring the next point straight to you. Um, Sifuentes has been widely reported that the deal is done. We're just waiting basically on him to be announced. Um, another, was that the ninth player that we'll have brought in now um, under Michael Beale? Um, good move. Absolutely. Um, again, it's <clears throat> difficult to comment too much on him because he's no somebody that that any of us will have probably watched week in, week out, but um, it certainly comes with, with a good reputation. Um, looks like he could slot into our midfield pretty well, but after the last couple of pre-season friendlies, you look like you could slot into our midfield pretty well, Martin. Um, so, um, have you ever seen me try to get out my car? <laughs> I'm slotting into no midfield. I'm, I'm hoping that it's it's going to be uh, it's going to be a step up in improvement as every signing should be every signing should be be there to, to improve um, going forward. Once this is completed, you should say this will be the ninth signing of the summer. I think the low averages say they're not going to be superstars for Rangers. They're not going to be players that we want to keep for years and years to come. That's that's just that's facts. That's that's simple mathematics. Um, so you don't know which ones are going to be. I'm sure some people are starting to form opinions based on some of the pre-season performances, and I get that. Um, but I think Sifuentes could be one of those players that, that we're going to want to keep for a long, long time, particularly um, the fact that he's going to come into that midfield and probably replace a couple of players that have been there for a long, long time. Um, so I think it's a good move for us. It's a slightly... We've signed a lot of attacking players, a lot of forward-thinking players. I think something now for the middle of the pitch... Um, it's, it's probably going to be a good move for us. It lets us know that Beal's looking at the entire team, excuse me, um, and hopefully now we can start to, once that's over the line, once the scarf's above his head, um, we can start to concentrate on, on the back line because that's, uh, we'll that's come to that. causing a lot of concern uh, at the minute. But yeah, definitely a good move for us and I'm glad it's going to get done. There's, there's nothing worse than, you know, okay, he's going to come in, in January um, anyway, I think it is. But let's just let's just pay the money and get him in now. If if we really want this guy in our team, let's just settle, make an agreement for the fee. It's no going to break the bank, I would imagine, um, and and get him in and, and get him part of the first team and involved. And you know because that signing that but that might be the signing that makes a difference for us in European qualifiers or in you know Champions League group stages if, if we're fortunate enough to get there. And it might make a big difference for us if we're going to be playing European football beyond Christmas. So let's take the gamble and get it and get it done now. Has pre-season Ian shown that that position in our midfield we desperately need? Um, you know, we have Lundstrom, we we have, but we don't have Kamara. We've also got Ryan Jack um, and Raskin, who can play that sort of defensive um, midfield position. But has our performances um, in pre-season shown that we couldn't really afford to wait until January to get him in? Yes. It has. Um, I mean, quite worryingly, not, not worryingly, but I mean, everyone's been on Lundstrom's back. Um, I think the Hoffenheim game was probably his best game in pre-season. He looked quite comfortable sitting in that position and doing that and then dropping into the to the back four where we um, did the nightmare scenario from last season of having two mids at uh, centre-back. Um, that is a problem position in the pitch, even though like, Raskin's there, but Raskin does like to get forward. Um Jack's there, but is Jack reliable enough fitness-wise to stay there the course of a full season? Probably not. So getting Sifuentes in is um, is a must, and getting them in now, obviously, clearly, uh, Bill thinks the same, because the easy option was to to wait to Christmas. Um, I think we've said it before, it's something that the board have done previous, not this this board, but the previous boards have, have done, taken the easy option and waited till Christmas, so I think it's a good idea to get him in and get him in now, because the stronger we are going, the earlier this we're stronger, the better it is going forward for the season. So, excuse me, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I know Hunters about him, Wolf, because that would just be a lie. Um, but on the little bit of uh, background checks that I've done, it would, it would appear that you know his best position is is sitting not quite at the base of the midfield, but in the centre of the midfield, breaking up play. But one of his biggest attributes is through balls and passing. So what are we getting with um, Jose Cifuentes? Are, are we getting a sitting midfielder or are we getting another person who's quite similar to Raskin? 
Well, I was led to believe that he's he's a box to box midfielder, so I don't I don't really know what he is because I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him kick a ball, so I need to reserve judgment till he till he gets here. Um, but then we were told that John Lundstrom was a box to box midfielder, and that's one thing he certainly isn't. Um, although as Ian rightly says, he did he did well on Saturday when he dropped into the into the back four second half. I I had the fear when I realised what they were doing second half, but he, he got in, he was fine in there. So, I mean. The manager certainly wants this guy. He's chased him for long enough, so we've got we've got to trust him. If he's if he's a ball playing midfield player that can pick out a pass, he sounds quite similar to Raskin to me. So I don't really know, you know. Um, I would I would imagine that that Sofentes will come in possibly as a replacement for Jack or to rotate with Jack, um, because Ryan Jack obviously we all know his body's not not capable of you know playing two or three games a week because that's that's just the way Ryan Jack is, unfortunately. You know, um, but yeah, I mean, as I say, hopefully Savinis comes in this week. On the subject of signings, I'm still a little bit, a little bit worried that we're going to sign Danilo because I know I've seen him because he came off the bench on Saturday. I've still not seen the scarf above the head picture, so unless I've missed it, I don't even know if we've signed him, despite the fact I've seen him play. You know, because what what was it that the that Sam Lammer said when he came in? He, he uh, I think it was Lammer. I think it was Lammer saying it's not a signing until the scarf's above the head. No, it was Dessers. Was it Dessers? I haven't seen the scarf above the head with the Nilo, so you know I mean I don't know have we actually signed the guy. Well, I would hope so. Otherwise, we've broke all sorts of rules by playing him. Well, we haven't. So. We haven't because it was a friendly, so it wouldn't <clears> really matter. But you know what I mean. But yeah, hopefully, hopefully, Sofrent is supposed to be joining mid, coming in midweek. Um, there's a bit of contention about whether he's had his medical, he's having his medical, but everything seems to be done. Um, I, be- I believe that. He's probably going to cost us just into seven figures, but he's valued an awful lot more than that. Twelve so, million. Yep. So that's a decent bit of business because even if it doesn't work, and they won't all work, even if it doesn't work, come January or the summer or whenever we decide that hasn't worked, we'll certainly make money on them. Which ultimately is what we need to do at the end of the day. Hopefully not for a few seasons yet, right enough. But I'll also be interested to see the length of contract when we bring him in, because it's noticeable that Daniel came in on a five-year deal. Most no, of the rest did he come in in a five-year deal, though? Did he? Did he come in at all? Indeed. Well, so where's that, where's that scarf for? The rest of them have come in on four-year deals. So I'll be interested to see what we, what we bring Sofuentes uh, in on. Uh, but also interesting to see, Alan, what type of player that he is. Because, again, I don't watch the MLS, right? You know, sue me. I don't watch it. Um but like I say, like I say to Wolf, you know, his, his strengths are key passing, dribbling, through balls, and his style of play as he likes to dribble, which seems to me exactly the player that Nicholas Raskin is. So how's that midfield shaping up then with Sifuentes coming in? Um, it's interesting. I think it really depends on who the opponent is and what the stage is. Um you know, we, we could put you could potentially play with both of them and really, you know, go at teams through the middle of the park. And you know, at times throughout preseason, it, I think it's looked like we've maybe lacked a little bit of width. So that that might be the game plan. That might be you know attack these attack teams by running at them, um, playing through them. Uh, so it, it might be a case that we play with both Raskin and uh, Sifuentes. Oh, my goodness. Um, so. Uh, you know, it's possible, but then again, when you're playing in Europe, you might want to sit back with two deeper line midfielders, so you might want to play probably be Jack and Lundstrom, I think, just off the top of my head, if Kamara's going to be going. Um, Jack would probably make up, if you were going to play with Raskin and, and Sifuentes, Jack would probably make up that midfield three anyway, um, because he's the one that will sit back and cover for the, the full-backs to allow that we get forward, hopefully. Um you know, if, if we're going to continue in that in that trend that we've done in the last couple of years, so um, you know, so we've got options there. Um, we can debate all day about the the quality of the options, um, some of the options I just mentioned. Um, but it's, uh, I, 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 I think options are there. As I say, it's just you can debate about the quality of the options, um, who we should bring in, who we should let go, who we need to try and keep. Um, but that certainly it, it gives us that. Potential to play like to play that way and, and have a little bit less width. Again, in Scottish football, certainly in Rangers, we're used to seeing our teams attacking and we're used to seeing Rangers attacking um, with people out wide and getting crosses in, in the box. But, you know, football moves on 
Um, and we see this quite a lot now where there's not a lot of width in, in some teams. So it might be the, the tactics and the approach that Michael Beale's trying to take with this Rangers team. The only time will tell. Um, I, I'm not going to lie, in the pre-season friendlies, I think I've struggled to to try and uh, pinpoint the shape and, and the movement going <laughs> forward and, and, and what the and what the uh, what the tactics are. But hopefully if that comes together then and that's what it is, then it would make sense based on the players that he's signed and the players that he's willing to let go as well. Yeah, we're going to have a, a wee discussion around um, pre-season. Um, how it's went. <clears throat> well, see how I said that? My dogs went mental. Um, but, but well, this is again just showing, you know, the strength and depth that we have now. Um, we're talking about having a midfield free of Sifuentes, Raskin and Cantwell. You could flip it and have Jack, Dibble and Lawrence in there. So the manager now, with all these signings, and I'm sure there's a few more to come in, the manager has a lot of options. Yeah, he's got what we've been lacking. We've been lacking strength and depth. I mean, we, we were saying most of last season that our start in the 11 was comparable with any other start in the 11 that we were up against in the league. The problem was the bench was too weak. We basically we, we, were, we were lowering the, the standard in the team with what we had to bring on, which was partly due to suspensions and injuries and stuff like that. But it was squad depth, really. We've now got, as you've just as you've just highlighted, Martin, we could basically take out the entire midfield and replace it with an entire midfield that could play the same way or, and of equal quality. You know, that's what we've been missing. We, I mean, we've got, when they brought in the five substitutes during COVID and decided to keep it, we thought that's going to do us a great favour because we're going to have stronger squads than everybody else. And it turns out we haven't had a stronger squad. You know, we're not bringing in the quality to replace the, the quality that's there. We can do that now with the squad he's brought in. I mean, he's... We're, we're basically a couple of signings off replacing the entire team on on paper, theoretically, but it's more obviously not going to do that. But the strength and depth was very, very important. And that's what that's what he's done. He's addressed that. I mean I mean, looking at looking the way it's been since Michael Beale came in, in in November, you know, he's he kind of sorted out the, the games against the the also runs in the league, but he struggled in the bigger games because it was the personality he had in, he couldn't, he couldn't change them for similar standard of player if it wasn't going well. He couldn't really change the system because he didn't have the players to do that. Uh, it was same same mistakes from the same players because he couldn't really replace them because he didn't have the, the, the squad depth. He's now got the squad, so we've got no excuse. And we just have to hope the gel. I mean, there's not... I think they've struggled a bit pre-season. The games haven't been great. The performances haven't been great, but pre-season is all about, all about getting, getting fitness into legs and getting players used to each other. I don't think the first two or three games are going to be pretty, but as long as we win them, that's all that really matters. And it will take time, but the squad's definitely now there, and it's very, very exciting times ahead. And while you take your mute button off, I'll say, yeah, John, it was lovely to meet you and Margaret in Hoffenheim as well. <coughs> That's twice I've done that. I always have a go at people for doing that. That's shocking behaviour. Um, I forgot to do it, so I will do it now. Please like and subscribe if you haven't already. Um, the last I checked, we were 90 away from 8,000 subscribers on YouTube. So please do, if you are watching and you haven't already and you enjoy, um, hit the like button and subscribe. Or if you don't like it, hit the thumbs down button, hit the dislike button, but still subscribe anyway. Why not? Um, Ian, your thoughts um, on what we were talking about? Because I've completely lost my train of thought with the mute button. Sound more like preseason and going forward and what we're going to do and all that sort of stuff. Um, it's preseason uh, for us as well, by the way. Can we just get is, that? Yeah, still getting our fitness up. Um, <clears throat> and oh, I remember. I remember. I remember. Oh, oh sh- I remember, sh- Ian. There we go. Um, there we go. Um, Kamara. Oh yeah. Yes, um, it would appear from reports, and again, I haven't checked this. I've just seen it fleetingly on social media that Kamara's actually training on his own. Um, there was reports, obviously, you know, throughout the fuller, the end of last season, throughout the fuller, the close season and pre-season that he's leaving the club. Um, if it is a case that he's training on his own, um, is, is that a sad way for him to go? It is a sad way for him to go because you'd like him to be involved with the group. I mean, I don't think he's he's... Um, causing any issues and trying to be sorry, force his way out or anything like that. I think Kamara, he seems like a nice enough fella, but obviously he had a, a bit of extra time off uh, due to international duties. Um, I believe he had a bit of uh, illness as well, which delayed him coming back a little bit. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, training on his own, whether that's he's he's decided that or whether the, the management team's decided that, it is a sad way to end what overall will, in in all honesty, be remembered as quite a decent Rangers career. All right, he's not really done much in the last 18 months. He, he won a legal as he won a Scottish Cup with us and he was pretty big part of getting to, to um, the Europa League final. So again, it's one of those, once he's gone, we'll look back on him and it'll be fond memories. It's just not the way I'd like to see him go out personally. I'd like him to be fully up with it, with everybody and then and then leave, which he will anyway, with everybody's best wishes, but just as part of the squad. I know, and look, maybe, Alan, maybe it's not a big deal. Maybe it's 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 just what happens. Maybe there's other reasons behind it. Um, but it's it's not nice to hear of a, and I, I don't think it's a, an issue we we Michael be on the player. I, I just it's just a strange way I think for his Rangers career at the end. I don't think it is actually. I think if um, looking at Michael Beale's comments, uh, as Ian mentioned, that he got a little bit of extra time off after um, international duty, um, and he had an illness as well that he's came through. <clears throat> a bit of an illness as well that he's came through. So the actual fact is that he's he's weeks behind the rest of the squad as it is anyway in terms of fitness. So to throw him in um, to the first team right away and the first team training right away would probably be dangerous um, for for Glenn Kamara, which would be unfair to the rest of the players around about him. It would be unfair to him as well, um, whether he was staying at Rangers or whether he was moving on. So I wasn't surprised to see that he's training on his own. I think it's more to do with the fact of where he is in his terms of fitness than it is um, to do with the fact that, that he's a, an outcast, for lack of a better phrase. Um, do I think he's going to go? Yeah, he's going to go. He's, he's, he'll be away, um, you know, in the, probably in the next week or so, I would imagine. I think all these rumours are starting to gather pace. And once they start to gather pace, it, it tells us that there's going to be a conclusion sooner rather than later. So, yeah, I'm the same, you know, £50,000 for, for a player of the quality that we got. Um, I'd like to have seen more um, trophies um, and more medals, but you know, still to, to be part of a championship winning side, uh, to win a Scottish Cup, to have the incredible run in Europe that, that Glenn was a massive, massive part of um, in 2022. Has been a great career and we'll remember him for that. We'll probably remember a lot of the players for that squad for, for those very same reasons. So, you know, he goes with our best wishes. Um, I don't think it's a strange way for him to go. I just think it's it's the it's the nature of his situation. It may be if it does drag out for weeks, he may end up back training with the first team to help his, his recovery and get him back up to full fitness um, to assist him in finding a new club. But I, I don't, I'm not shocked by it. I'm not surprised by it. Um, and I just think now, probably for the player's sake, the sooner that it's resolved and he, he signs for his new club, whatever that may be, um, and he gets on with his career, probably the better for him as well. And good luck to him. If you've got anything to add, Wolf, then feel free. If not, we'll move on to the pre-season recap. Move on to the pre-season recap. <clears throat> I thought you might say that. I thought you might say that. Do we need um, to? <clears throat> yes. <clears throat> Before we do the, 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 the... I say recap. Um, it's more talking about the players and the manager, not the individual games, but we'll nick back to the Hoffenheim game um, quickly, Wolf. Um, I hate I hate saying this because at the time I was raging and I was angry with that first half performance. And then in the second half, we'd done a wee bit better, but my, I was still raging and angry, so I couldn't look at the, the positives from it. Um, I know that loads of people say, you can't take much from pre-season. Don't overreact. People are getting their fitness. The players are trying to gel and learn how to play together and all that. I get all that. Um, but we were so poor in that first half. And I'm not talking about, you know, finding passages of play where we're all trying to link up. It was five-yard passes. It was the simple stuff that we just didn't do. And we looked so off the pace. Oh, well, we're awful. I mean, it started in the first minute when the captain tried to trap a ball and it rolled under his foot. You know, I mean, that was that was the start of it. It didn't it didn't get any better, and he wasn't alone. I mean, it was, you know, it was it was it was dreadful. I had no idea what we, what we were trying to do in the first half, uh, and we were lucky it was only two nothing at half time. I mean, I I put on my social media just just at half time another forty five minutes where we haven't bothered a goalkeeper. I mean, the keeper had absolutely nothing. He had one very weak shot to stop in the first in the first half, which is. Which is ridiculous, and yet again we've been involved in a game where 
it's a penalty that's got us back into it. And after we scored, we looked like a different team. You know, and whether it was a yeah, but at the same the penalty, time, they but, had made seven changes, well. Yeah, that's why that's why you can't read anything into preseason because mm-hmm. I've got no idea whether they started with a strong team and brought on a bunch of kids or started with kids and brought on a strong. I've got no, I don't know anything about Hoffenheim. I know nothing about them. They're a bulk standard mid table Bundesliga team, which means they have to be decent because if you're not decent, you don't stay in the Bundesliga, right? They maybe don't. They maybe always just flirt around the middle, the middle of the table. But if they were bad, they then they end up at the bottom and they end up in the Zweite Bundesliga. So I mean, you've got teams like Hamburg who look decent against us, they kind of get out of the second division. You know, so Hoffenheim must have something about them. Similarly, Olympiacos, who we played last week, you know, Michael Beale admitted after it, he wanted the players to go in tired. He, he, he worked them hard in training. I really hope we see the fruits of that as the season goes on. And it's not, I don't think it's an accident that we don't have a game this week up till Saturday. So they've got a complete week to recover, a complete week to work on things, to work on shape, to do, you know, to watch the players load so they don't overdo them. You know, I think it wouldn't surprise me at all to find out the players are a couple of days off at the start of this week because they have been working so hard and then get right into it for Saturday. So hopefully they're doing it the right way. I'm not convinced it's been a decent pre-season because the football's not been great to watch. But the proof of the pudding's in what happens on Saturday. And as I said five or ten minutes ago, the early performances aren't going to be good. It's the results that matter. And hopefully come their first international break early September we've got four wins out of four in the league we've beat Morton in the League Cup and we're in the Champions League and that's a good start to the season I mean look Ian if we come out and like Will says we beat Kilmarnock we qualify in Europe and we beat Morton um, which we'll, we'll come on to in a, in a while because I'm getting a bit fed up um, with us constantly getting home draws I think you know we need to we need to stop we need to stop yeah. this time you know, we play the it's it's atrocious. It's atrocious. We, we, keep, with the Masons. we yeah. keep getting away with it. We keep getting away with it. Manager agrees. It's <laughs> it's a bad look for us. You know, we've, we don't have any money, but we've got all this money to pay loads of people off to help us out. I don't get it. Um, but yeah, if we have a really good start to the season, Ian, nobody nobody even thinks about pre-season. But as we have not started there yet, and as it is all fresh in our memories, um, I suppose it is a little bit worrying that we still don't really know the style of play that we're going to adopt. Um, but at the same time, my head's also going, well, you've signed eight, now nine new players. What do you expect from a group of players that don't know each other? So, Ian, put my mind at ease. I can't really. Um, <laughs> what I can say is that uh, from the Newcastle and and uh, Hamburg game, I wasn't expecting much in the way of performance. It was just fitness. The result didn't really matter. It was just enjoying having football back on the TV and all that sort of stuff for me. Um, Olympiacos, I wanted to see a little bit more. I was disappointed with the game and the fact that the, the next game they played was actually down here in Norwich and they got beat 2-0 was even worse for me. Because uh, I've got a bunch of Norwich City supporters on my back now going, oh crap, are you, you can even beat Olympiacos. Um, and then I want, I said on the pod before uh, Hoffenheim that that for that I wanted to see a performance, and then the first half I didn't get it. Um, they were awful first half, I didn't even get to see it live, so I had to watch it back later after you'd all seen it. Um, but the second half, I was a little bit more okay, there are there's there's something there, They've, they were a lot better second half, the passing seemed a bit, bit more crisper, they went at it, they were closing down in in in, in points. Yep, okay, Hoffenheim made um, seven substitutions and we got back into the game. But again, when we win and teams make a bunch of substitutions, you go, wow, they made so many substitutions, half their team was gone by then, da-da-da-da. But in the reverse, if we get beat and we make a whole bunch of substitutions, nobody gives us that, well, well, you did make seven substitutions. So I don't really go in for that seven substitutions thing. You can only beat what's in front of you. And And second half, that's what we did. We won the second half. They won the first half. But come Saturday, 5.15, if he goes in and we smash Kaman at 4-0, even then, from that point on, they forget yeah. about pre-season and we're 4-0 up and that's it. League's on, let's do it. Has it been a case, oh, and we're going to come to the defence, right? Because I know that's what everybody in the comments wants us to talk about, right? I get that. We're going to come to that. Um, <clears throat> but has it been a case, possibly, that, um, the managers focused a lot more on fitness 
than maybe has uh, so much a style of play as of yet, um, or Jinky's been a bit of both, because most of the talk coming out of Rangers has been around a pre-season heavily focused on fitness. Yeah, I I think it has been. Um, I don't think the the style of play has been neglected. I just don't think it's it's clicking yet. Um, As as, as we know, there's there's, uh, eight, potentially nine strangers now meeting each other for the first time, and you can't expect that to click overnight. Um, So that might still come. I'm hoping that's still going to come. Fitness is a big thing for us. We went... um, we went a year ago for being one of the fittest teams in Europe um, to not being able to struggle to complete 90 minutes, never mind two, never mind 180 minutes twice in one week. Um, so I, th- I think Michael Beale has had to focus on uh, fitness a lot um, and, and that'll show. I think it has shown a little bit already. Um, the fact that he's, you know, for example, the Olympiacos game, he wanted them to go in tired, he wanted them to feel, feel that strain and that pain of going into a game tired and you know that will have give him, given him a good opportunity to assess the squad and and you know how how they react to that as well. <clears throat> so yeah, I think the telltale signs have been there that we have been been focusing on fitness and the style of play. Style of play will come through practice. It'll, it'll come through playing with each other and getting to know each other on and off the pitch. You know, you, you get to know these players off. You know, you get to know your teammates off the pitch as well. I've seen people comment in, in the in the comment section there about. You know, they were like this when, when Ange came out. It never clicked for them right away. You know, and there's a de- there is a degree of truth in that. CGM made a good comment. I saw it pass up there. But we probably are in a different situation. Um, Don't give that- CGM <laughs> any credit because it goes straight to his head. I know, I know. But I'll credit where it's due. It's a good, it's a good comment um, that, you know, we probably can't afford to give them as much a head start. Um, it's, it's what they gave us that year because, you know, we... we we, um, for our own reasons, um, weren't able to, to maintain that that head start. Um, whereas I don't think they're, they're going to have that problem this year. But I, um, I, I think back to the, you know, people being worried about the style of play. I think back to Gerard's first season as well. Um, and it was one of the first European games, one of the first qualifiers um, we were playing. Can't remember which one it was. And I remember watching as you could see the shape was there, but I remember the sharpness. I remember. We were, Pinging passes to each other, and our players were struggling to control it. They were taking the first touch, trying to control the pass, and it was, you know, it was going five, six, seven, eight, ten yards in front of them. Um, and I was thinking to myself, we, we need to get a grip of this, or else we're going to lose a lot of second balls. Um, and it did. It came good eventually because it, it, we, they get used to that style of play. They used to, used to training like that. I'm sure that will come under Michael Beal as well. Um, you know, we've got to give them that that opportunity. We've got to give Michael Beale that opportunity to prove that to us. Um, you know, and he's only going to get one chance to prove it to us. He's only going to get not you know not even the full season. If it's no working, you know, he won't be there come the end of the season. He's got to make it work between now and Christmas. We've got to be I'll be perfect. Honestly, what Wolf mentioned about you know having put Greenock Morton out of the cup and you know being in the Champions League, and I hope that as this as the situation we're in, of course it is. To be perfectly honest with you, I think we need to be winning the League Cup in December, and and that 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 will that will give us the marker, and that will give us that will give Michael Beale the right um, to continue this project into the second half of the season. I think it's imperative that we win the League Cup. The was it was it Mourinho Wolf that said you know um, win the first competition available because it sets the tone then for the rest of the season. Yep, he, he did. I mean, the, the, until Mourinho came in, you know, the English clubs didn't really have a monkey's in the big English clubs didn't have a monkey's in the league club. He came in and went to competition. The first one I can win and I'm winning it. And he won it. And look who he went after that. You know, it is winning, winning breeds winning. You know, I mean, we've brought, we've brought in at least nine new players so far. And we may well bring in one or two more now. None of those players will have experienced winning a trophy with Rangers because obviously they're just here. Quite a lot of the players we already have haven't, haven't, experience winning a trophy with Rangers. Now, I've never been a player that's won a trophy with anybody, right? But I could imagine, knowing how I feel as a supporter when Rangers win a trophy, these guys will never have experienced anything like that. So get the League Cup out of the way, get that one. And as professional athletes, all they want to do is get more of that. You know, they'll feel the adulation because how, how can you fail to? You know, you'll be at Hamden, even if the final's against the, the, other, the other half of Glasgow. Or the other, th- or the other third of Glasgow to get it correct, um, you know, there'd be what 
Rangers fans at Hamden. I'll uh, tell you, uh, I'll tell you, Wolf, who it won't be against. Dundee, Dundee. United. <laughs> no, it won't be against Dundee either. But yeah, so, you know, and they'll see the adulation they get from us. I mean, these new players we've got already, we'll be looking at it going, you know, we've had pre-season friendlies. Ibrox was full against Newcastle, and okay, it's Alan McGregor's testimonial, right? And then we've got a game against Hamburg, and there's 45,000 at that. And then we've got Olympiacos, and there's 35,000 at that. And then there's 1,500 going to Germany on us on a Saturday at the end of July for, a, for what's effectively a kickabout. These guys will go, oh, this really is something different. And they'll mm-hmm. realise just how different it is when they're, when they're waving shiny things at us, and the quicker they do that, the better. And once they've got a taste for that, they'll want more of it. 100%. 100%. Um, I'm definitely going to finish tonight um, on a positive. Um, but before we come to the positive, Ian, I suppose we have to discuss the negative. Um, and so far, the main negative has been our defence. Um, it looks shaky. Um, I'm being polite. Um, Leon Balligan obviously goes off with an injury. Um, I've not heard um, the extent of that. Um, Rangers are obviously being quite quiet on Goldson on when he's going to return. I very much doubt because he's not had any preseason that there's a 100% zero chance that he's playing against Kilmarnock. Um, so that leaves us with Ben Davies, John Suter. Um, Dujon Sterling, who again has had injuries and hasn't really had much of a preseason, as far as I'm aware. Um, Jean Lee Feco, who is nowhere near ready to play first team football. John Lundstrom can slot back in at defence. Um, it's not really ideal preparation, and it's not really what you want to be getting in to the first game of the season with defensive-wise, is it? No, it does feel a little bit like last season, doesn't it, when we're the defenders dropping here, there and everywhere. Obviously, Goldson uh, not being fit since the end of the season. Um, it's a tough one for Saturday. I don't expect him to be there, but you know what Goldson's like. If he's anywhere near fit, he'll be demanding he plays. There's um, zero chance Connor Goldson plays inside. Yeah, I don't see him playing, but you know what he's like. Um, but... You got to kind of think that your your back four was going to be Tav Davies if he's fit, Suter, and um, Ridvan because I can't, I can't, I can't embarrass it. Well, come on to the left backs. But um, uh, it's it's not a good it's not a good look at the minute. I mean, I don't know. I mean, have they confirmed anything about Balogun whether it's injury or not? Because I know I've when, not um, seen anything. RTV they were talking about it being um, possibly cramp, and that's why he's come off. But again, not confirmed on anything like that. Uh, if Balligan's fit, I would probably play him just because he's got the experience of being there. Um, but uh, we need at least one more in the door. Who that is, I don't know. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about uh, potential transfer potential in a minute with one being linked elsewhere. Um, and maybe two, depending on if the rumours of Davies going is true. So it's going to be at least another one or two centre-backs needed in the door. Right now, Wolf, um, I am not letting Ben Davies go until we have at least at least one more centre back um, through that door. We have Leon Balligan, who is good enough as backup, right? Especially for Scotland, he's good enough for backup, but again, suffers with injury problems. We have John Souter, who has looked probably one of our best players in pre-season, um, top quality centre back, struggles with injury problems. We have Connor Goldson, who's been out for what seems like 10 years, um, who was never out before, who barely missed a game, who seems to now be picking up niggly injury problems. We have Leon King, who is not back yet from injury. So Davies isn't going anywhere until we get one at least new centre-back through the door. Correct. I agree with that wholeheartedly. I do think we will bring in a centre-back. I mean, Michael Beale said at the weekend that there will be definitely players going oh, out. Ian, may very, Ian, not and even a, for Rangers. No, no. And there may, he said, there will definitely be players going out and there may, there may very well be one or two more coming in. I mean, he, he said that openly um, at the weekend. And I would expect at least one of the one or two to be a centre-back. 
even then, I'm not sure. I'm not sure you move you move Ben Davies on. It depends on on what deal. Because obviously, if we get if we get my money back on him, then it's a no brainer. But, I still you know, don't see what the big hate is for Ben Davies. I think he's a cracking big defender. I think I think he's a good big defender as well. But it depends who we bring in. If it's a, if it's a similar sort of player, Ben Davies is going to want to play. If we bring in a defender that's similar to him, he's not going to play. I mean, the gold Goldson worries me because, as you as you rightly said, he started to pick up niggly little injuries. But it's not. He's missing a game injury. He's missing three or four weeks at a time. That's that's concerning because he can. He seems to run the defence. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean. I agree with you. There's absolutely no chance he plays against Kilmarnock. I mean, the manager said he's back. He'll be back in training on Thursday, so he'll be Thursday and Friday. Not a chance he plays on Saturday. I'd be surprised if he's even at Kilmarnock on Saturday. I would expect him to still be at the training centre doing doing bits on his own, or he'll maybe hold Glenn Kamara's hand and do a few bits for him. You know, um, while he's there, I would expect him to feature in the European game though, as long as he's got no reaction to his injury. Um, especially with Leon King still being out because we are very very light at, at centre backs. And the European squad has to be in, I think, today, uh, tomorrow or Wednesday. So, in which case, even if we sign a centre back, we can't use him in the, in, the, in the qualifiers unless we bring him in before then. Um, which so, yeah, Rangers yeah. on tour are saying Wednesday. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, I don't get the hate behind Ben Davies either. He's, he is a, I think he, he suffered a bit when he, when he came in last season because. Scottish football's odd. Scottish football. He made a horrendous mistake against them. Well, he made a horrendous mistake. And the reason he made the horrendous mistake for me is because he's used to having time to play the ball. He's a he's a ball playing centre back, and he tried he tried to keep the ball in play and start a move rather than going well. This is this is here. I'm scared of stuff. I better get rid of this because the easy thing to do is to tap it out the park and give them a corner and just come back and defend that. To me, that's what that's what he did. That was that was the mistake he made. He tried to overplay it. And you can't do that in Scotland. And he should have learned that by now because he's been here long enough. But it depends what we bring in. I think we will bring in another centre-back. Um, I'd expect Leon King to go out on loan, depending if he's fit, fit before the loan window closes. Again, if, if we bring in another centre-back. Um, but it's not so much the centre-back that bothers me. It's the dreaded left... Not left, but the right-back. It's the right-back that's starting to bother me. Because... Ooh. Because the captain, much oh, as I like I James Tavernier, came from. I apologise. Much as I like James Tavernier, and James Tavernier's been a, been great for us. The way he plays, he's getting he's getting older. As he gets older, he's getting slower, and he's not. He doesn't seem to be able to get back with the pace he got back previously. So when he when he's motoring up the field, they throw the ball behind him. He's getting caught out. He seems to be getting caught out a lot. It might just be the rustiness of folk beside him. It might be because we don't have settled centre backs in to cover him, cover him behind him. I don't really know. It may well be that if if Ryan Jack plays regularly, he he can cover him when he goes forward. It just seems that Tavernier's getting caught out a lot more than he used to, and he used to get caught out quite a lot. And because we we lose the same goal all the time, it's always down to fullbacks. I mean, on on Saturday, the target of the left back, Red Van had a shocker on Saturday. The rest of the preseason that he's played, he's done okay. Tavernier for me hasn't had a good preseason at all, so I'm a bit concerned about, about right back because hopefully, I mean, hopefully Dejan Stilling can can contest for the place and push push the captain on because I'd hate to see I'd hate to see Tav leave under a cloud when he when he eventually does go whenever that may be, um, but I'm just a bit concerned about the fullbacks at the moment. Yes, fullbacks, Alan, is the big topic of conversation. However, it's not the right-sided fullbacks that seem to be getting the headlines amongst Rangers supporters. It's the left side, Borna and Ridvan. Now, my own personal opinion, I think there is a player in Yilmaz. Um, I think you can see when he goes forward. What I like about him is he'll have the ball tight to that touchline and he'll try and make a 15, 20-yard pass along the deck right into the feet of either the midfielder or the attacker and he's not scared to do it. He's not scared to try and take a man on. His final ball is nowhere near as good as Borna's and he's defending. Yes, it needs a lot of work, doesn't it? But he's not pushed off the ball as easy as what people maybe might have thought that he would be. If you're saying to me who starts on Saturday, Ridvan or Borna, I'm picking Ridvan. And I'm picking him 99.999 times out of 100 over Borna. 
just just my own personal opinion. I think there is an extremely good player there, and I think with a bit of time, a bit of patience, and a bit of consistency in the first team, I think you will see that he is he's a class act, and I think he'll be a very good player for us. Yeah, I agree. I, I think uh, Red Bands, right now for me, he's going to be the fir- first choice, sorry, um, in left back. Born is, he's not cut it this pre season. He's, he's been off pace, he's been slow, he's been sloppy, he's gave the ball away. Um, yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not been a good pre season for him. Um, so I think uh, Yilmaz is, is earned the right to be in that, that, that starting slot. Um, you've got to ask yourself a question about Sterling as well. Can will Sterling play at left back at any point? If um, Red Van does have a couple of bad games, you know, which we know he is capable of, we saw that on Saturday. So, you know, do, do we go for that? Third Every player is capable of having a bad yeah, game. Of course. Um, but do we go with that third option at any point if we're starting to lose faith in him? I'm meaning, um, because I think there's more chance of Redvin getting dropped and Sterling going to right back than there is the captain getting dropped and Sterling playing at right back there. Um, no, that's not to say I don't uh, I don't agree with Wolf because because I do I've got the same concerns that Wolf has, but I just don't see James Tavernier getting dropped. Um, so Sterling came in to play backup to Tavernier for maybe a year, and then he might move on. I don't know. Or has has uh, Sterling came in with a promise that he's going to get games at either side of our defence? Um, in which case, I would expect maybe Barisic to leave. Um, and Ridvan and Sterling to be to be battling out for that left back position. But right now, um, if you're asking me to pick the team for Saturday, it's it's Ridvan at left back. Um, and Tav would still start the right back for me on Saturday. Um but as I say, there's there's, there's question marks over all the defence. Um, you know, we, we could debate about about every single one of them as individuals, um, probably for another hour. Um and who's good enough, who's not good enough, who's who we rate, who we don't rate. I think we're all in agreement, but we need to bring in at least one more centre-back. Um, and if we're not seriously considering our options um, for both full-back positions, then I would have question marks over, over what the, the Rangers coaching team have actually been watching in pre-season because it ain't been the same as what we've been watching if they're not questioning that. Again, no, Ian, um, Dujon Sterling is a player who we haven't really seen. We know Tav, we know what Tav's capable of. We know that Tav can play away at Kilmarnock on that horrible plastic pitch. Um, I've seen a few comments saying that Tav looks as if he's on the slide, um, as if he's lost a wee yard of pace. Um, I'm not sure. I think maybe, you know, he's been pushed hard in pre-season. Obviously, as you get older, you, you maybe struggle with a bit more intensity. I think that might just be it for me personally. Um, I think he's still good enough to be a right-back. Um, he's still good enough to play for us. Um, and like CGM says, look, domestically, and this goes for obviously every Rangers player, but, you know, Ridvan won't be tested as much in games as what he would be against, you know, Celtic or, or a European opposition. So, yes, the defence needs a lot of work. Yes, we need reinforcements. Um, but domestically, when it comes to the full-back area, um, I don't think we're as bad as what's been made out. Now, nah, for most games in the SPFL, I think we're going to be fine, absolutely fine. Obviously, the bigger games sort of away to hearts, which is always a, I always find, I always in my head find is a tough place. But look back on results, it's not been quite like that. But Aberdeen away, obviously that lot across the road, they're the games that it might come into effect. But a lot of teams are going to see, oh, he's a small guy, we'll just fire it at him. He is capable of dealing with it. He has dealt with it in games before now. Yeah, we had a bad day against Hoffenheim, but that first half, they all did. So, I've got no worries. I, I, was I mean, Ian, don't get me wrong, there's no excuse for a ball coming towards you and you take your eye off it and it goes under your feet. Right? No, there's, there's, no excuse for, there's no excuse for poor passing. There's no excuse for consistently getting caught out with the same ball every single time. Um, I get that and I get the arguments against Tav. I completely understand that. Um, but my, my point is, I still think he's good enough. Yeah, I, I think he's good enough. I mean, the, you can watch many a game and you can see the same mistake over and over and over again. But it's about where, how many times that mistake gets punished. And it doesn't get punished as much as he makes the mistake. Um, he has got good recovery. Um, and I've, I've said it before as well. Where would we have been the last couple of years without him? So we'd be a lot worse. I'd, 
yeah, I mean, he's he's not as young as he was when he joined, obviously. He's been there a while now. You do lose a little bit of pace. It happens to the best of them. Um, I don't, again, and, and the SPFL will be fine. Might struggle a little bit more if we if we do make the Champions League or even in the Europa League, you might struggle a little bit more because of the quality of opposition we're against. But I, I'm a fan of Tav. I like Tav. I'm not that I won't have a bad word against him. Um, he wouldn't be man of the match every week just because I like him. But I think he's still capable of doing stuff in the SPFL. He's not as bad as people are making out, but he's, he seems to be the constant target every single season, regardless. Um, and I've even seen it to know that he's, we're still having the he's not a captain debate in the comments. I've seen it. So he is. He is the captain. He's going to be the captain. And he'll do at least another season, if not two. And But I do agree that someone in there said that, um, that um, Sterling's not come to sit on the bench. But, no, not but it's up to him to prove that he is good enough to take over. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Let's finish on a, a, a massive positive, Wolf, shall we? Um, Sam Lammers, who so far is, has been probably the best performer in pre-season, um, and he looks like somebody who is absolutely perfect for Scottish football. I think Sam Lammers will score a bucket load of goals. As long as he keeps getting the sort of services getting, I mean, by 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 our own admission, we haven't particularly had a, a glowing preseason. But Sam Lammers has looked outstanding. He's looked like a really good football player. So he keeps playing the way he's playing. He's going to sc- he's going to score a cartload a cartload of goals in Scottish football. And I'd also like to say the same for the the forgotten man of the summer, the summer signings, Kieran Dowell. I think he's going to score bucket loads of goals as well, uh, just by the the way he plays with from what I've seen of him. Um, so yeah, I mean, going forward doesn't doesn't worry me at all. I think we've got we've got a, a lot more attacking options. I mean, we haven't had a goal scorer midfield player in a long, long time. I think now we've got two or three. Um, because are they midfield players or are they, you know, attackers really? Um, but they'll be coming through from the midfield. I think I'm expecting I'm expecting Dessers to get a few. I think Danilo from the very little we saw of him on Saturday. I mean, the first ball he took out the sky, I just went, wow, he'll do for me. You know what I mean? Um, if he keep, keeps that up, then we'll want to watch with him as well. So, yeah, I think that, I mean, Sam Lammers looks, looks like a terrific player. Sifuentes, by all accounts, is a terrific player. So I think going forward, we're doing okay. And for the early part of the season, if it means we have to outscore teams, and obviously have to outscore teams to win, because I got picked up for that last season when I said that, because 1-0 means you're outscoring a team. But if if we have to go back, go back to what happened you know, a while ago when it was winning every game 3-2, if that's the way it's got to be until we sort the of defence out, then that's fine. Just, we start scoring, we score two or three goals in every game, we'll win those games. And that's all that matters until we can get the defence out. And then you're going to have games where it doesn't work and you're not scoring a lot of goals. That's when the defence comes in. Hopefully by that time I've sorted it out. They're keeping clean sheets because Jack Butland appears to me to be the sort of goalkeeper that is going to be very, very difficult to have as a teammate if he keeps losing goals because I don't think being the keeper as he likes losing goals, so I think we'll be fine. Yeah, hundred percent we will. Um, Alan, final final um, point to you, just just again on Lammers because I like to try and finish on a positive note. And I'm actually going to bring up a comment for Rangers on tour in a wee second. Once you've, excuse me, spoke about it. Um, not only from a goal scoring point of view for me, um, with Big Sam. Uh, no, not that one. Um, it's it's the skill, the technique. Um, the ability to go past a man seven times um, in the one movement. Um, he just has that all-round technical ability that I think is going to be massive for us, especially when we come up against 40 guys at the back. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's going to be more valuable to us than, than you know, scoring goals. Um, I, th- I think we've signed other players to be the the goal scorer, the poacher, the you know the, the, the you know, the guy in the box, I think Lammers is going to offer so much more. Um, with his technical ability, with his physicality, um, I, I, you know, I think it's going. To, I think it's been a tremendous signing. And I remember when we signed them, we had the conversations about you know his uh, his goal scoring record. We were spending so much money on a, a forward um, who had quite a, a poor goal scoring record. Um, and I think we're seeing maybe why because that's not necessarily his game. Um, he will get goals because he will get into those positions for time to time as well. Um, but his game is going to be so much more about um, linking up the play, getting the ball into the box, getting by players. 
um, you know, you know, getting getting the ball forward for his teammates, and if his teammates can get into the space for him, um, which I think they will be able to, um, I, I think that bodes well for us. And it's he's it, a type of player, he's a type of forward-thinking player, and an attacking player um, that we've probably been missing a little bit. That that final link, and um, we've always had the sort of the midfield three, if you like, and the, and the two on the outside, and then typically Morelos in the middle. Um, but we've now got that player that can, that can link up with those two sections. Um, those two sections in the, in the park for us, so I think that's a, that's a massive signing for us. It's certainly been started well for them. You say that it's, it's not been the most positive preseason, but if, if you're going to pick positives out, Sam Lammers is definitely one of those massive positives for us. So um, hopefully he's well, no, hopefully about it. If it was me, he'd probably be one of the first names in the team sheet on Saturday, um, and then going forward, even into the European games next week, I think that would be a you know he, he'll be playing. He'll be a massive part of that, and if we do. Reach the the Champions League group stage, stages in a couple of weeks' time. Um, I think Sam Lammers will be played a massive, massive part in that. I, like I say, I think he's perfect for Scottish football, but he's also perfect for Europe. Um, he's just perfect, Big Sam. Um, just finally, then, um, if oh by the way, uh, as you can see at the bottom of the screen, don't forget to like and subscribe if you enjoy the content. If you want daily Rangers content, if you want daily Rangers Rabble content, then you can sign up to our Patreon. The link for which is in the description for daily Rangers shows. And so much more. Um, Rangers on tour, Ian, finally finishing up with um, the racehorse in Canada called Penalty to Rangers. Did you see this? I did see this. I put this in the group earlier on. I said, I'm not, oh, a, horse racing guy. I'm not a horse racing guy, but from now on, that's my favourite horse. I know. If, I, 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 I never bet, right? I don't, I don't even understand odds, if I'm being brutally honest with you. Um, but if I see that, then you I'm put a pound to bookie. And he gives you odds, and you lose a pound. That's pretty much how it works. Right. Oh, so you lose the money. Right. Fair enough. Fair enough. And um, we didn't have time to talk about Desos. We didn't have time to talk about Danilo. We didn't have time to talk about Fashion Sakala. Um, all that will be spoke about on Friday at half past seven. And we'll be right back here um, for the um, Rangers Rabble podcast. Of course, like I said on the Patreon, you have we have daily Rangers shows, including an extra two live shows um, a week. So, my thanks to everybody for watching. It's before you go, before, before we go, Mark, can I, I just finish my wee pro, my wee prologue, prologue, whatever you call it? You do this to me every week, Ralph. I'm on a roll. I know, I know what I'm going to say, and then you go just go, and go I forgot then. what I was going to say. So you jump in, well. Go right, okay. It. I know we've gone a bit over the the time we normally do this, but it's very remiss of us not to mention a certain uh, Glasgow Cup final from Saturday um, that. We'll be talking about shortly in the pod that's coming out tomorrow when the Rangers women team uh, under new new head coach Joe Potter were a goal down to a certain other women's team from Glasgow and not Glasgow City, the other one. In the 92nd minute, they were a goal down and by the 98th minute, they'd won the cup. So congratulations to the Rangers women's team and those of you on Patreon will get to hear all about it tomorrow, tomorrow when Martin puts the pod out that we're going to be recording very shortly. So congratulations to the Rangers women. Always be always good to beat them. Even better to beat them when they're a goal up two minutes into stoppage time. Um Epilogue. Thank you, CGA. Thank you very much. I was I was going, I was I was on fire, right? I was on I was on a roll. It was going to be one of the greatest epilogues that the Rangers Rabbles ever had, and you just cut right across me. Um so yeah. Thank you everybody for watching. And uh, like Wolf says, the uh, Rangers Women's Show will be out on Patreon tomorrow, 9 o'clock tonight on Patreon. For the Rabble Directors tier, you will get my favourite tops, uh, my favourite shirts, Brian Fotheringham's show. He welcomes James Davidson on. Um, and all that's left for me to do is say thank you very much for watching. We greatly, greatly appreciate nearly 600 people um, watching live on a Monday night. It is greatly, greatly appreciated. So thank you, Wolf. Thank you, Alan. Thank you, Ian. Thank you, everybody, for watching. And we'll speak to you all again very, very soon. Sports Social Podcast Network.